Let's head to the UK. It'll be brief, Dan Bloom. Probably the King's speech wasn't, but of course it's the government speech in a way, isn't it? Dan is Deputy Editor of Politico London Playbook. Hi. Hi. Well, actually, the King's speech itself was rather brief. It was the shortest one that we've had in years, and that's because we are one year before an election. So a lot of the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's MPs wanted him to kind of unveil something bold and exciting to get voters excited and reverse his party's 15 or 20 point deficit in the polls. But what King Charles read out on his behalf was quite a lot of stuff we already knew, quite a lot of stuff that's carried over, uh, one entire bill to kind of fix the problem of pedicabs ripping off those poor New Zealand tourists in London, um, which is a genuine problem, but perhaps not, you know, the priority for a government in an election year. And um, lots of them think it was a a bit of a damp script, whereas uh, Downing Street's argument is that it's a a long-term set of decisions that sort of paves the way for a second Sunak administration. Uh, whether the voters agree with that, we'll, um, we'll wait and see. Meanwhile, your public inquiry into COVID continues. Who's the latest appearing in front of it? <laughs> so the, the latest man is a man that no one uh, among your listeners will have ever heard of, uh, called Mark Sedwill, who was one of the most senior civil servants uh, in the government during the COVID pandemic. And uh, what's remarkable is... He is one of these officials who we would never, ever hear from publicly, but whose incredibly indiscreet WhatsApps have been made public as part of this inquiry. Um, And part of what he was said, well, uh, it came out before that he had called privately. He had suggested that people have chickenpox parties uh, to sort of spread COVID around and, you know, get it over and done with because we're all going to get infected anyway. He sort of apologized. He admitted that for the first time today and apologized and said, you know, um, we were working without all the information at our fingertips. But there's more. Um, there were messages that he exchanged with another civil servant, some by him, some by this other top civil servant, saying that Boris Johnson and the people he surrounded himself with were feral, basically feral. And they were particularly annoyed at the health secretary, Matt Hancock at the time, who's since gone to Australia on a TV show we have called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. They, uh, this Mark Sedwell said that our health secretary was, quote, so far up Boris Johnson's ass, his ankles are brown. Uh, now, if there's ever a WhatsApp you don't want to get into the public domain, it's probably something like that, isn't it? There's been a few WhatsApps that shouldn't have made it into the public domain. I think we'll say that's another one. How much longer does this inquiry have to go and with what outcome? Quite a long time. So the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, the former Prime Minister Boris Johnson and Matt Hancock, whose um, ankles you just heard about, are all due to give evidence in the the next kind of few weeks, basically sometime before Christmas. And this is the most uh, explosive module because it's about how the government planned or whether it did plan properly for a pandemic. But there are much more modules to go on on the new year, and it could be a very, very long time before we get a final report. When we had the Chilcot report into Iraq, I remember it, which was remarkable in itself, because um, I only started my journalistic career full time seven years after the Iraq war began. So um, hopefully it won't be that long, but uh, it, it could be a really long winded thing. And I think the recommendations that it makes about what a government should do in future will obviously be more important, but might make less of a dent in the public consciousness than some of the stuff that's coming out, um, just about how people behaved and thought at the time that's happening right now. Have I still got you?
Yes, sorry, I didn't have my microphone on. I apologise. Uh, I was just saying, obviously, <laughs> a couple of minutes to go, and obviously there's a lot of distress over what is happening at the moment, uh, Israel and Gaza. Mm. But can you give us the specific story uh, with Rishi Sunak and the Metropolitan Police, please? Was this over a planned protest? Yes, so um, I must apologise. I don't know what arrangements you have in New Zealand, whether it's the same, but uh, November the 11th, this Saturday, is Armistice Day, which is the commemoration of the end of the First World War. And uh, it's traditionally a day where the country falls silent for two minutes at 11am. The problem is that every Saturday uh, for the last few weeks, pro-Palestinian protesters have been gathering in London. It's erupted into quite a political row. And um, although they have said that they won't go anywhere near our National War Memorial and it'll be a different time of day, uh, there have been rather a conflict over it and Rishi Sunak got involved and essentially said that these protesters, you know, should not be marching at all on Armistice Day in London. He called in the head of the Metropolitan, the London Police, into Downing Street today. They had a meeting, uh, but essentially it's ended in the protest being able to go ahead, as the police said, you know, legally, that it should be able to. Um, and the, the Prime Minister has basically accepted that and has said that, you know, he welcomes reassurances that no one will disrupt any actual remembrance events but that the protest itself can happen uh, despite the unhappiness of of some of his MPs and Prime Minister himself. Dan, thank you so much. Dan Bloom, Deputy Editor of Politico London Playbook.